0: Imagine if you would this morning that when you got to church here today and we were about to start our services that the elders got in front of the congregation and announced that we were not going to have a normal church service this morning. Because today we received a letter from the Lord Jesus Christ himself addressed directly to the church in Denton. And because of the messenger who delivered that letter, we know that it's real. And so this morning we're going to read that letter that Jesus wrote to us and talk about it. That would get everyone's attention, I imagine, wouldn't it? so Yancey opens this letter from Jesus to you and begins to read it. Then he hands the letter to Matt and Matt begins to read this letter to us. And it begins, These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, but you have a reputation that You are alive. And we began to thank you. No, we do have a good reputation among the churches. I think we do. And he goes on. He says, I know your works, that you have a reputation, that you are alive, but you are dead. Dead. Did he just say we are dead? That's what he said. You are dead. How would you reply to that? What would you say? How do you reply to that? I think I would reply, what does he mean by that? What is he saying that we are dead? What does he mean exactly? what am I doing wrong? What have I done? How do I fix it? How do I fix this? I don't want to be dead in the eyes of God. Well, about 100, 100 AD, the church in Sardis got this letter. And they read this letter. It was one of seven letters. One of seven letters sent to the church to the churches in Asia Minor. And we have been studying these letters to the churches in 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 Asia Minor with the belief that we can gain something from these letters that were written to the churches. Things that will help us. And today, I was given the letter of Sardis to talk about. So who was this church in Sardis? Sardis was one of the wealthiest and greatest cities in what is now present-day Turkey. And Sardis was built on this mountain top, and it was surrounded by these really sharp cliffs they were believed to be so impenetrable that they could not be attacked by their enemies and the people of Sardis became arrogant because of this fortification they had and because of this they didn't watch for enemies they didn't put up, put up watch towers they thought there's no way we can be attacked so why watch and they didn't so you know what happened? They were attacked. They were attacked twice, and the city of Sardis was devastated. And at the time of this writing, it was just a shell of its former glory. The things, things, the same thing happened to the church at Sardis. They didn't watch. They didn't fear the enemy. And Satan decimated the church. They were destroyed from inside. So, why did this happen? What exactly happened? The letter doesn't give us a lot of details about what happened in Sardis. But we can make some educated guesses based on some clues we have. You know, most of the churches that we talked about in these letters, they were being persecuted by the unbelieving people around them, the idol worshipers. And they were being persecuted by the Jews for their faith. And they're, <coughs> and they're spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. It doesn't mention Sardis being persecuted at all. There's no mention of persecution of the church of Sardis. And I wonder why. Perhaps they were blending in too well with the culture around them. Because it wasn't because they weren't enemies around them. It wasn't because they were living amongst God-fearing people. They weren't. The people of Sardis worshipped one of the worst gods, false gods that ever was, the, the sexual depravity that they displayed in this worship to this false god. Well, it won't be mentioned by me, but they say it was, it was really bad. And they were living in the middle of this. Maybe they weren't persecuted because they were a lot alike, the people that they were around. Maybe the Jews didn't even bother persecuting them because they didn't see them as a threat. (coughs) Brethren, if you're living for Jesus, you should be a threat. You should be a threat to someone. You know, if you're reflecting the light of Christ if Christ is living in you and you're reflecting that light of Christ people who love the darkness aren't going to appreciate the light you know imagine you were walking along and you fell into this underground tunnel these caves underground and you Go in there with your flashlight and you find these people living way underground in darkness. And they've lived there so long that their eyes have become accustomed to the darkness. And you shine your flashlight on these people. What are they going to do? They're going to scream, stop, stop it. because the light will sting, it'll sting them, it'll irritate them. And if you keep flashing your light on these people, they're going to attack you, they're going to lash out and they're going to attack you, you see. John 3 and 20 says, For everyone practicing evil hates the light. And does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But if you're not walking in this light, if the light of Christ isn't burning in you, then you're spiritually dying. because it's His Spirit that gives us life. You see. Maybe the church of Sardis was just trying to blend in with the people around them. To blend in and not not to become noticed. You may have heard stories about soldiers in war. And they see all the fellow soldiers dying around them as the enemy is attacking. And so they lay down on the ground and pretend to be dead as the enemy comes by hoping that they won't be noticed. Brethren, if you're pretending to be a dead Christian to the world, you may not be pretending to God and that's the danger of not shining your light, of hiding that light and not letting people see and know who you are and living the Christian life out in the world. (coughs) We know that the people of Sardis defiled their garments. That's what Jesus said. We know sin, sin rots you spiritually. He, it rots your soul. It, sin causes you not to want to be around God. Sin causes you not to want to hear about Him, not want to listen to Him, not want to read about Him, not want to talk to Him. Sin will do that. It corrupts you spiritually. Sin consumes the light that is in you and eventually that darkness takes away all of the light. And I believe that's what happened to the church at Sardis. So what do you do? I would want to know what I can do. Jesus' letter to Sardis isn't all gloom and doom. This is Jesus who is talking. And Jesus is all about hope. And he does give them hope. In the next verse, Romans, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 2. He says, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. He says to be watchful. Expect your faith to be challenged. Expect it to be attacked. And have a plan to reply. Have a battle plan. Be ready to... Reply to those attacks. Strengthen your faith. Strengthen it by practicing it, exercising it, using it every day. You have to act spiritually if you want to be alive spiritually. If you... You know, in living, there is action. Living people have movement, they do things. You can tell who they are because they do stuff. At least they have a pulse, at least they are breathing, you can tell. Spiritually alive people are doing spiritually things. Are you acting spiritually? Are you alive spiritually? James 2 and 26 says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So Jesus says, you need to watch and you need to strengthen your faith. The next verse, verse 3, he says, Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. He says to remember. Remember the things that you've heard the easiest way for me to remember is to read them again to read God's Word reminds me of these things and today my we have all kinds of opportunities we have we can stream it we can listen to it wherever we're at you know in the car or whatever we can We can be reminded of Jesus' words every day easily if we'll do that. And that's what Jesus says to do. Set aside time for that. Make it a practice. The word of God is living and powerful. And it can change your life. So when you read it, it'll convict you. If you'll repent, it'll change. It'll strengthen you. You'll get stronger. And that's what Jesus says you need to do. And watch. He says, Watch for me. Watch for me because I'm coming back. Be ready. Expect Him to come back. Be expecting it every day. Are you expecting it today? He could come today. Live like you're expecting Him to come back today. That'll change the way you live. You'll live for Him. The next verse, verse 4. He says, You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments. And they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He said, Even in Sardis there were those who were still alive, who were still faithful, and had that light in them. Said, so strengthen them. And Jesus knows who is alive spiritually today. He knows, and He says that those are worthy to walk with Him. What an awesome privilege that is. The God of the universe, the God that created everything, says, You are worthy of walking with him that's an awesome privilege and to those Jesus makes this promise in the next verse he says he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments and I will not blot out his name from the book of life but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels if you overcome this dark world by the light of Jesus living in you. Jesus says he will cover you in a robe of white, a pure robe of white. And though you may sin, those sins will be covered by this perfect robe of white. And when Jesus comes back in power with all of his angels, he will see and he will read your name in that book of those who are spiritually alive. He will read it. And he will say to God the Father and the angels, that one is mine. They are mine. And they will say, enter. He will tell you to enter. Enter into your reward, your heavenly reward forever and ever, my faithful servant. And brethren, that is something worth living for. It's worth living for him for that. And it's worth dying for It's worth dying to our selfish, our selfish, sinful nature, our sinful desires, dying to the lust, dying to the sinful pride, and instead living for him, walking in his light, I don't know if the church in Sardis repented I don't know if they turned back to Jesus but if you're spiritually dying today you can repent you can change you can you can turn back to him and he can he can raise you up and give you life again. In John chapter 11, Jesus was with his disciples and he told them he he wanted to go to Judea again. And Judea was where they wanted to stone Jesus. They were trying to stone him to death. His disciples were afraid, and they asked him, Lord, why? Why do you want to go back there? And he said, Our our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I am going to wake him up. They said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. So Jesus turned to them plainly and said, Lazarus is dead. I'm glad for your sake that I wasn't there so that you will believe. And So they traveled to Judea and they came to the tomb where Lazarus was buried. And Jesus told them to roll away the stone from the tomb. And Lazarus' sister Martha said, Lord, if they do, there will be a stench, for he has been dead for four days. Jesus said, didn't I tell you if you believed, you would see the glory of God. And so they rolled away the stone. And immediately the strong stench of death filled the air. And Jesus lifted up his eyes to heaven and prayed. And when he was done praying, he turned to the tomb and shouted, Lazarus, come forth! And immediately that dead, cold heart inside Lazarus began to beat again. And his lungs filled with air as he began to breathe again. And his eyes opened and he stood up and he walked out of the tomb alive, as alive as he ever was, covered in burial straps, cloth. And Jesus said to loose him and let him go. Jesus is Lord of the body and he is also Lord of the spirit. And he can bring that dying spirit back to life again. He can do that. If you'll repent, if you'll turn to him, if you will start walking with him in his light, the light of the gospel, the light of his word, if you'll do that, he'll bring you back to life, just like he did Lazarus. in Ephesians chapter 8 He said for you were once darkness but now you're light in the in the Lord walk as children of light for the fruits of the spirit in all god goodness for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness righteousness and truth finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore he says, Awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Jesus ends this letter to Sardis saying, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Have you heard what Jesus says to the churches? What Jesus said to the church of Sardis? Have you heard that this morning? If you've heard that and if you need to make a change in your life Do so today. And if you do so, He will give you that light. And that light will live in you. And He will walk with you and guide your steps. If you haven't been baptized this morning, then you're not going to hear those words when Jesus comes back. They will be very different words. And I encourage you to learn what you need to learn and be baptized into Him and be raised to walk with Him in light. And if the Spirit is dying in you today, if it has been dying and if it's not alive and living in you today, please let Him. Lift you up again. Go back to him. Turn to him. And he will give you life again. This is all I've prepared today. I hope it's been useful to you. We're always, we always sing an invitation song. If, if either of these cases is yours, please come forward. Sit on the front pew as we stand and sing.